welcome to a Joyful Journey podcast. I'm Taylor Nemechek. And I'm Anna Nemechek. And we are excited to share our discoveries and experiences of building our domestic church, a place of sacred refuge and authentic love and prayer. Let us walk this road together and discover how we can nurture abundant joy, life-giving wonder, and natural rhythm in our homes and lives. Welcome back, everyone. Let us begin in prayer. In the name name of the the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts. Slowly, with the words of the Lord, melt our hearts, that they may be hearts of wax that melt in the radiance and the glory of the Lord. We thank you for the blessing of friendships and all that they do in our lives, that which we recognize and that which we do not see until much later in our lives for true friendships, our treasures in this world. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, welcome back, everyone. We are extremely excited. We are looking out a window. It's beautiful outside. You might be able to hear some birds in the background. It's exciting. Spring is well upon us. I can't wait to get outside as soon as we've done recording this. Yeah, so if you hear her talking faster than normal. (laughs) Which would be impressive. (laughs) (laughs) That's not me speeding up her voice. That's just her speaking. She gets excited and she talks fast. Whoops. But yeah, we have a little garden outside that we've planted a lot in. And there's a lot of flowers and green grass. So it's exciting. Yeah, and as we see all this new life and the birds singing the green, we're kind of going to dive into, it's going to be a short little series. We want to share our story. Mm -hmm. We think it's a story that is very unique, as all stories are. There's a lot of graces and blessings within it, also some hurts and sufferings, but I feel like as we've been discussing, there's abundance of graces and blessings and that suffering as well. And so we just want to take some time to share that story, but also not just share the story so that y'all can hear it, but share it to be able to glorify God and what he has done for us, and also to share that which we have learned and seen as we reflect on that story. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot there, and there's still a lot that we are uncovering as we go. So today... We want to spend this time talking kind of about the the springtime of our our relationship, which was just a growing, budding friendship from the beginning. And so today we want to focus on our friendship. We have a quote to kind of kick us off. St. Thomas Aquinas says, There is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. Taylor and I were very, very blessed to be able to kind of build and we're just given the grace to have a really really solid and a really beautiful friendship prior to any romantic feelings prior to dating um, we really established a strong friendship it was definitely what we'd definitely consider to be more of a a true friendship there are a few different types of friendship so before we kind of jump into our story We want to mention these different types and kind of how they're different and how each one leads you deeper into a more precious friendship. 
So the first is friendship of utility. And I think it's safe to say that we all experience friendship of utility in our lives. And it's not that it's like a bad form of friendship, but to say that it's true friendship would be wrong, incorrect. I think everyone knows what we're talking about. You know, those friends that are, they're more just useful friends. Good to have around they kind of just serve their purpose and usually it's a mutual friendship of utility because otherwise why would you stick around so it could be that you know someone who is really dedicated to working out and staying fit and that's something that you want as well and so you can together go to the gym and work out together and kind of motivate each other and and keep each other going and and kind of keep each other accountable, but that's kind of where the friendship stops. You use each other to achieve your goal of of staying fit or getting stronger or, you know, achieving that goal of just getting into the gym and, and working out. So we all, we all have them, but we are called to a deeper, a deeper type of friendship. And as we go deeper, you will, you know, reflecting on your own life or reflecting on our lives, notice that As we go into deeper forms of friendship, you'll have fewer and fewer. So we probably have several friends of utility, but as we kind of go deeper and and then get to the the final stage of friendship, you realize that you don't really have, you know, 10 really close, really deep friends. That's not the goal either. So the next type of friendship is friendship of pleasure. So with the friendship of pleasure, it goes a little bit deeper than just utility. So you, you have fun together, you know, you're, you might have things in common that you enjoy. So, you know, we could say, even use an example for us, Taylor and I both enjoy creative writing. And that was something that kind of kickstarted our friendship. And that was just something, okay, at that point, we would consider ourselves, you know, starting on a friendship because we shared this mutual love for creative writing and that was something that excited us. And it was really awesome to find someone who also enjoyed what we enjoyed. And so that started our friendship. And at that point, yeah, it was a friendship of pleasure, which is so good. And we hopefully have several people who have similar interests, similar desires, similar goals, and and people that we can, yeah, we enjoy hanging out with, we enjoy doing things with, and Taylor and I enjoyed really discussing the things we were writing at the time, or sharing things we learned, or helping each other edit our stories, and things like that. So again, none of these, like, forms, it's not like they're bad, they're good, it's just kind of different levels of friendship. And then the final level is friendship of virtue. And this is kind of the ultimate goal and a very beautiful form of friendship. And I think while, yeah, Taylor and I, you know, we were friends of friendship of pleasure and at times I'm sure a little utility as well. I mean, I still use them as my chauffeur, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's good to have them around. We were able to reach this, this friendship of virtue and what a beautiful gift that has been. So I don't know that I'll really flesh that out a lot right now. I think we will as we discuss our story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's just important to know that these types of friendships and the friendships we have like now and in the friendships we had years ago, it's a very fluid thing. I think we all have had those friendships, especially looking at the friendships we had in our childhood versus those we have today. A lot of times, 
the friendships we have are placed in our lives at different periods for specific purposes. Mm -hmm. And we won't always recognize that in the moment. So the friendships we had in our childhood, if you don't have very many of those still today, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. It's because each of these friendships, they're doing different things in our lives and they're put there for a reason. God kind of places different people in our paths to help us in whatever season or journey we're in at the moment. And not that, again, okay, that person, I just, I needed them in that moment and that's it. I don't care about them anymore. But yet to realize that friendships grow and shrink. We have different friends now than we did even in college, you know, in high school and in, when I was up at Benedictine. You know, our, our lives, they change. And our lives, Taylor and I, are very different than a lot of the people we did know in high school and even in college. You know, and, and as your lives change and kind of separate and move apart, it's just very natural that friendships kind of separate and move apart. And it's not that you don't care about each other anymore. But yeah, friendship is something that's kind of ever-changing. But it's when we get to this this friendship of virtue that it really... That's where it becomes more firm and mm-hmm. not Ta- as fluid. Yeah. Taylor and I's friendship isn't something that we're be like, <laughs> as, as seasons <laughs> pass, we're just going to, you know, we're going to have them flow. And yeah, and we're just not going to be friends anymore. That's not quite how this works. <laughs> We've kind of sealed the deal on a forever friendship thing here but yes very very changing and just kind of to look back I mean there was even moments when we reflected on our story I could really see like I could say that Taylor was the friend that I really needed in my life for these couple years and just see all the the blessings and all of the growth that he helped me with and the things they helped me through and just the encouragement and you know as you will learn our friendship wasn't something that was just continuous until we, you know, and now that we're, and now we're married, you know, there were, there's a lot to it and moments when for a while we thought we wouldn't ever have a friendship again, like we had. And in that season of just kind of not being friends, able to look back and see like, you know, this is the, like God placed Taylor in my life for a very good reason and very purposeful and and able to see like all of the joy he brought into my life. So there we are a little bit on friendship and now let's dive in. The story begins. Where does it begin? Well, as you might expect, in a hole in the ground. (laughs) Sorry, we have been uh, hardcore in the Lord of the Rings mode. Gotta (laughs) throw a little build of baggins. We've been really Really, really, really enjoying a recording of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It is so, so, so well done. It's like practically, I don't know, it's all just narrated so well. Each character has its own voice and it's like perfect, perfect accents. There's all these sound effects. So when they're riding horses, you hear the horses. You know, when they're, when there's battle, you hear the, the clash of battle. When there's, when it's nighttime, you know it's nighttime. When it's, you know, day and it's spring, you know it's spring. You know, it's a really great production Yeah. on top of a literary masterpiece in itself yeah absolutely beautiful i'm sure we'll probably have an episode (laughs) or two on the lord of the rings at some point but we've kind of been geeking out um so we kind of read we listen to the books like as we're working um on saturdays you know we we like to work together in the same general vicinity and so we'll have it playing or when we're making dinner or 
making brunch or whatever, just have it going. And um, so sorry if we geek out once in a while, but yeah, we've been listening and then we'll watch the movie and then go back and forth. The extended version, mind you. Oh yeah, it's a it's mandatory to watch extended version, but. I had never read the books before, and so finally getting there, and very, very glad that we are. That was But that's hole. where that story started. <laughs> that's not exactly where our story started. No. Um, our story did start with books, though. Yeah. yeah, in kind of a very unique way in itself, and actually in Minnesota. Yeah. All the way up north. Well, we say it started there, but... We had known of each other and known each other a little bit mm -hmm. prior to, but... Kind of a say hi in passing, I know who you are, but there's kind of just this awkward, oh, hey, and we didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where it actually began, Steubenville Conference, it's a, I mean, a really large Catholic youth conference held each summer in a number of locations, but this one was held in Rochester, Minnesota. I do want to say the theme for that one was Christ is limitless. I really like that. Just limitless. And what just really pondering what that what extents that goes to. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we're here on this conference with our diocese and mm -hmm. we didn't really do much together no. during the conference because Again, like was... we said, we knew of each other wasn't really in like the friend groups yeah I was you know with a completely different group and I actually I had a pretty rough conference pretty much just by myself the whole time I got put with kind of a different group of people that didn't really want me around and so I kind of just wandered by myself so it was honestly not a very good trip for me until until after the conference it's a long way home from Rochester Minnesota so we had to make a number of stops we got to stop at the Mall of America, which mm -hmm. was a cool experience. Not exactly my cup of tea, but it was still cool. I mean, it's a massive place. Mm -hmm. Well, Taylor's getting a little ahead of himself. Oh, oopsie. <laughs> we did stop at the Mall of America, but prior to, we stopped just at a random mall um, right after the conference just to grab some food at the food court. And... A bunch of us went into the Barnes & Noble there. While I was looking, I ran into Taylor and actually his brother, Logan. They were also, I don't know why, but I think like pretty much everyone was there looking around and we kind of just got to talking about books and then it came out that we both were currently writing books of our own. I don't think either of us are still working on those books, but <laughs> <laughs> bear in mind this was almost six years ago, so... We were a little bit younger, but we got on to talking just both about how we have a passion for, for writing, creative writing. And so as we walked around, we just started telling each other kind of just a summary of our books that we are currently working on. And somehow that morphed into deciding to hide some books that were at Barnes & Noble, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, there was just kind of a whole like one of those end shelves on a row that were just like full of them. And we're like, ooh, that's gross. Mm -hmm. So what else do you do? You uh, <laughs> take all of them off the racks and just casually carry like stacks of five bar uh, Fifty Shades of Grey books throughout the store and uh, just decide to put them. Yeah, we definitely did this, guys. We did it's this. It's a real thing, we were, yeah. 
15 and 16, yeah? Yeah. We're 15 and 16, and, you know, we see this book that we've been taught. Like, you know, it's just not a book that, that should be read, and it's, you know, a lot of, just a lot of sinfulness. And, and so we're like, all right, we're hiding these. So we did, kind of under the nose of the Barnes & Noble workers. We'd take a few and then go to a section that we knew, like, kids wouldn't look in that, that it was just kind of other... Maybe even other people wouldn't even Yeah, <laughs> kind of just random, or just, like, we wouldn't put them in places with, like, other good books or, like, other just harmless books. We'd put them kind of in other places where it was just kind of not the greatest books anyway, and we'd go to the very back of the stack on the shelf, and we'd stick them in the very back, just, like, one here, one there, one here. And what's funny is... I think other people in our group, so in our in the diocese, kind of noticed us doing this and kind of joined us. So we had a bit of an army, like <laughs> yeah. But let me tell you, talk about adrenaline rush. Oh man, that was kind of scary <laughs> for me. Anna was just casual about it, but it was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like the thing. Obviously, that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna hide these books, and this is awesome, and this is so fun, and wow. I, People are helping me do it. I don't I don't know. I had the most random ideas then and now. But so we did. Um, and then we did we did go to the Mall of America. Mall of America. But prior to, we had kind of just started on this conversation of our books and had shared this this moment of yeah, it was it was exciting, you know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but hiding these books and and we knew, like, okay, we want to keep talking about our books because I personally hadn't really met someone who was interested in writing very much. You know, it was kind of a passing interest. And so I was just excited to find someone. Like, I can finally talk to someone about creative writing. It was something that I had done since I was seven. Something I am still very passionate about. So I think we, did we swap emails at that? Yes, at that we point? swapped yes. emails. Emails. <laughs> Back in the dark ages. No. So we swapped emails so that we could email each other our books so that we could read them and then give each other advice and just comments and, and editing and stuff like that. And then, yeah, we went to Mall of America. And, of course, there's a Barnes & Noble there. So we did the same thing. <laughs> we, mm -hmm. we stopped at that Barnes & Noble. We found the Fifty Shades of Grey books and we hid them. And it became a thing. Like every stop that we went to, we, because most of the time, I mean, when you're on, there's a couple of buses from our diocese that went, so you can't just exactly stop at any just normal fast food restaurant. We'd try to stop at like different malls so that there'd yeah. be food courts and more food options than just a single restaurant. Mm -hmm. so, so we'd always try to search out any type of bookstore that we could find. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. there were, sometimes not. Yeah. But... And we just would continue talking and chatting. He, like, joined. I had a couple um, girlfriends along with me, so we all went to the Barnes & Noble because they had kind of joined us to help, like, hide the books, and then Taylor kind of just joined us to shop around. I'm pretty sure he went into Claire's with us and Bill the Bear. We just kind of meandered around and just did really silly things and kind of took goofy pictures and... And then he did. He was like, okay, I think I've had enough of this girl stuff. I'm gonna, <laughs> I need to find some guys. So he did um, go off and do his own thing and, and find some guys so he could do guy things. But it really, it was just fun. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it was, 
and just discovering this person that like I had known of and I'd seen, but just to find something in common and then just kind of goof off, you know, goof around and, and just enjoy. So that's kind of where it began. One of the other stops we made on the way home from the trip was just a parish on our way home. And so we all just kind of camped out there for the night. Of course, we had different rooms designated for guys and girls, but it was a pretty cool area. It was kind of secluded away from kind of all of the other traffic and noise. Not necessarily, though. <laughs> Except for... Sirens. The fire department was right there. There were sirens constantly. But there were like a sand volleyball court. There was just kind of a large little like park area kind mm -hmm. of to just get to play all sorts of ball and it was it was a fun little area that we were just able to kind of continue our discussions and chatting because all of a sudden this kind of new friendship was appearing and mm -hmm. so there's a lot to talk about yeah and we also just got to play games or teach each other like you taught me bananagrams at that game yeah. at that yeah. parish so yeah, and, and then of course we had a long ride home, and so we got to continue to just chat and like, okay, who are you? You know, what mm -hmm. is, and just got to tell really random stories about our lives and just kind of dive into like, okay, this is this is who I am, like who are you? And I actually was sick and didn't feel well, but it was fun just to get to talk to Taylor and, um, and get to know who he was. So that was really just the start, the start of a... A friendship that has lasted and yeah like at that point of course it wasn't like this really deep you know it was exciting because that we could see there's potential for a growing friendship because we knew we were going home and when we went home that we would see each other we went to the same parish in the same cyo group we were know, in the same teen choir. choir yeah and so we knew like we'd be going back and we'd still see each other and there was excitement in i might have just found like a really good a really good friend so we did we went back home and and we continued to just email and, and talk about our books um, and that was really exciting for me to have someone to read my book and give genuine feedback on we were also in CYO just a Catholic youth organization and we'd see each other every week or every few weeks there and inquire together and we would go on March for Life trips together and really enjoyed just just hanging out and just got to continue the friendship that we started. And and there really, I mean, truly can honestly say there was no romantic interest whatsoever. It was just very much, oh my goodness, I just found a friend and he seemed really awesome and really kind and like genuinely interested in, in some of the things that I'm interested in, you know, music and writing and... Um, Good faith. Yeah, and so it was just exciting to be like, oh my goodness, I... You know, in high school, really kind of developed some really good core friendships, and and Taylor was one of them. So really, at this point, what's, what's funny is on our trip back home from Steubenville, we talked about our families and siblings, and Taylor does not have any sisters. And so basically, I volunteered to be his little sister. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll be your little sister. And so from that point on, for the longest time, he was um, my big brother and I was his little sister. We call each other big bro and little sis. 
we have emails, email <laughs> proof of this, where we would sign off or address the emails to our big brother and little sister. Oh my goodness, we were, we, we can kind of look back and kind of cringe. Just laugh at us. <laughs> just laugh and just console ourselves with the fact that we were 15 and 16, so right. it's okay. This, this was 2015, <laughs> so. We've, we've uh, grown up with it a little bit. A little bit. But, yeah, so it was very much, in my eyes, he was my big brother. I I have older brothers, not super close with them, and just kind of our lives are kind of just very separate. And so to have someone who, like, he seemed to genuinely care about me and just, like, have similar interests and everything, I was like, oh, okay. Doesn't have any sisters. Always kind of wanted a sister. I was like, this is perfect. So, yeah, at this point in friendship, it was very much just a brother-sister friendship, relationship. And I think Taylor really did embody that role of just being a big brother, watching out for me and just caring about how I was doing and and really wanted to, you know, take take time to just make sure I was okay and and encourage me when I was down or struggling with school and stuff like that, which was a very, a very beautiful thing. So at this point, I would have been when we kind of started our friendship in the summer, I would have been going into my sophomore year of high school and Taylor going into his junior year of high school. And at this point, we, as we were getting to know each other throughout high school, we had a mutual friend. And this mutual friend was actually also Taylor's girlfriend. And so it was just fun to like get to hang out with both of them. You know, I was friends with her and then I was like, oh, and now I'm friends with him. So we can just hang out together and, and sing together. And I think we did music for like adorations for CYO and hang out when we went on March for Life trips. And when we went on another student built trip and at CYO and it was just, you know, it was nice to have, at first I felt very much like an outsider going to CYO. I didn't go to the same high school and I wasn't really good friends with really anyone, but it was like, you know, going into sophomore year, kind of this feeling of, oh, I have like friends. I'm comfortable with going to CYO and hanging out with these people. This is great. But that relationship, as I'm sure you've already thought, but I sure didn't think about it. It did cause a lot of conflict and a lot of just, it, it was difficult. It was hard and it was not something I was expecting or even realized for a long time. I was very naive and I all even say sheltered. I wasn't thinking about dating, nor did I. I had a strong opinion that people shouldn't date in high school. So I, you know, I let them know that actually. And I also just made it clear like that I was not planning to date in high school, but that I still, I just, you know, wanted to be the friend. But I didn't realize since like dating wasn't even on my radar that because I was friends with both of them and hanging out with both of them and, and getting to know Taylor more that I was, I was causing kind of just issues in their relationship and kind of a, a rift and jealousy was was an issue um, and I just I didn't have the eyes to see it. I'll, I'll repeat very naive and just very innocent you know very very innocent and just so excited to have some friends. Yeah and I would go to say that I was also in a very naive and innocent seat as well. I, I think there's a lot of true basis in Anna's belief that dating in high school is not necessary and should not really be a focus. And we might. Take I, an I think we to... will probably 
maybe even an entire episode, dive into that at some point. Just especially from my experience, the best way to put it is there was just a lot of immaturity. And that's not something you really always are aware of in the moment or at the time. Because you're just living the high school world and that's what everyone's doing. And I always thought I was kind of in that more mature seat, but there was a lot of immaturity that was just kind of underlined that I didn't really understand that I didn't understand. Try to follow (laughs) that. So, I mean, while this friendship was going on, yeah, it seemed great. And when Anna says we were hanging out, that solely means like the only times we saw each other or like we were hanging out, the three of us together was at like choir, CYO, these diocesan events. Yeah, public events. Yeah, we never went out of our way to deepen or further our friendship separately. It was always just whenever we got to see each other in a public place with, you know, at some event, you know, we just get to have a quick conversation or go and play a game, dog ball or whatever it was. It was never just like trying to further our friendship and just really focusing on that separately. Or even when the three of us hung out, it was very much just a part of, you know, if we were at March for Life, just doing that with, you know, other people around other people as well. Yeah, so it was a relationship that lasted like two and a half years. And there was definitely a lot of good that came from it as well, but there was just a lot of immaturity on both sides. I didn't recognize my own immaturity until later on, I think. But there's a lot that I did that also was not fruitful or was leading towards Christ. I would say for myself, I was really blind to what was going on in the bigger picture during this relationship. Looking back, there's tons and tons that was learned from it. Unfortunately, with plenty of hurt, I'm sure, on both sides. But it was a lot that I was not able to see being stuck in it. And it's something that I think was a lot more apparent from the outside. Even though like within the high school I was at, it was kind of like the model relationship. But I think there was a lot of brokenness that not everyone was able mm-hmm. to see, even ourselves within it. Yeah. Well, and I think it all just stems from an immaturity and not truly being in a place where we were ready for a relationship. Yeah, I think there was just a lack, just speaking from knowing Taylor and of understanding what a relationship is and what its purpose is and what love looks like. I think there just wasn't a maturity to understand what dating means and why we date. And I will say, yeah, like there was a perception of their dating relationship, you know, since I was their friends of, okay, this is what it looks like on the outside. But as I got to know Taylor um, and got to know his girlfriend more, I was able to kind of see through, in a sense, a facade. Like, there was this facade of what their relationship was. But kind of as time went on, I was able to see that, really, I think there was just a lot of tumult. I think there was a lot of, like you said, pain and hurt on both ends. And I think there was just a lot of confusion. And I think they were just stuck. And, and yeah, in the public eye, you know, they were this really cute... Um, I think that was part of what dropped mm-hmm. was being trapped by the public eye. Yeah. Like, how do you get out of this mm-hmm. when the rest of the world, a very small yeah. world, mind but you, 
like see this as yeah. the perfect relationship kind yeah. of thing. I mean, there'd be a lot of comments, you know, of, oh, when they get married or their kids, or, you know, stuff like that. And, and I just remember as, as time went on, kind of just opening my eyes a little bit more and just kind of viewing, okay, where I stood with it and just like, okay, maybe I need to back off. I did, I did come to realization and I'm very, a very, very open person. I like to talk as I'm sure you've been able to tell. And so I, I would talk about um, this friendship and then kind of also Taylor's relationship with my with my mom and my dad. Just a very good relationship with my parents um, and just a very open relationship with them. And it was something I was excited about. You know, at first I was like, okay, I've got this friend and I think, I think this friendship could grow and this is, I'm excited about it. But then also they kind of helped me open my eyes and mature a little bit on, okay, Anna, he has a girlfriend and you're kind of butting into that. And, you know, to me, I was like, oh no, like that was not my intention at all. But I kind of came to realize that, you know, there was some things that I was causing issues in and my parents were able to help me see that I needed to kind of step back. I needed to not really invest in that friendship and let them just kind of invest in their relationship since that's what they had chosen. And as I did step back, kind of this new awareness, I was able to just kind of look at Taylor and look at the situation kind of dif different lens. And I was able to see, I think more than Taylor was able to see um, the pain. I was able to kind of notice different things that to me were red flags and, and, and I had no um, grounds for, you know, bringing those up and being like, hey, I don't think you should date her or hey, I don't think this is a healthy relationship or hey, I don't think this is good for either of you. So they were just things I noticed. And I also noticed as time went on that Taylor kind of just lost who he was. I knew who he was, but then I noticed that that was kind of being buried he started kind of acting differently, um, a lot less happy. And I could tell that there was just a lot more tension in his relationship and that, that in a sense the relationship was just kind of burying who he was and kind of, in a sense, binding him. Yeah, so this was, this was a difficult time in our friendship, trying to traverse the terrain and just figure out my place as my parents kind of helped point stuff out and also just caution me and just realize, okay, I need to sit, take a step back. I really want to be friends with Taylor, but it looks like this isn't prudent right now. And so I did kind of started avoiding him or them. And I just tried to find other friends, other friend groups to kind of hang out with. And I just kind of let them be, but I'll be honest, still very much aware of like how that was going and, and just aware of kind of an increasing tension and an increasing like, I remember just wondering like, where did my friend Taylor go? And what happened? But like he said, like they, they did date for two and a half years. So it was a while. And yeah, just trying to figure out my place in that was hard. <laughs> so during that time, kind of distanced ourselves and we didn't really talk much, we didn't email. Do we email at all? I don't think so. There was a- I think at one point I kind of, we were at some event and I kind of asked, like talked to Taylor and I said, Hey, I can finally see that I'm actually just causing more heartache than, um, help. And so I don't think we should talk to each other as long as like 
you guys continue to date. Isn't that? Yeah, I think that, and that was, that was hard. There was a lot in these earlier periods that Anna kind of paved the way since she was seeing it from outside and kind of reaching higher levels of maturity than myself, that she was just able to see things in a different light and with a different lens. And so for her to bring that up, it was hard. I mean, we had built a pretty, pretty solid friendship and she was by far one of the better friends I'd ever had that was just truly caring and devoting and we shared those interests and she was pushing me. But yeah, uh, the, that relationship, it definitely, it definitely changed me um, in different ways. And it took a long time, but then there was a couple month period where I finally started to kind of come to a, a realization that my girlfriend at the time wasn't helping me become a better person and vice versa. I very much was not helping her to be a better person. It Again, just an immature relationship where we had kind of lost sight of what the true purpose was. So it, it was a painful process to separate from. I mean, it, two and a half years is a long time when you're 16, 17. So it was a painful process, but I finally, finally ended the relationship. <laughs> and that's, it was a weird experience after two and a half years no longer being in a relationship that had really kind of consumed a lot of my life at that time. Mm -hmm. A lot of friendships that I'd had kind of started to decrease because that relationship was taking up so much of my mm -hmm. time. And also just all of a sudden being myself again. But after that long of kind of having lost myself, just trying, it kind of brought on a bit of a chaos, honestly, of suddenly being myself again, but having lost who that was and what that meant. So it, it was a time of restructuring and rebuilding and rediscovering mm -hmm. who I myself as Taylor Nemechek was, but there was a lot of fruit in that time as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they broke up the summer before Taylor went to college. Yes. And I remember... So we hadn't talked in a while. Several months, months yeah. yeah. And I remember I got an email from him kind of just letting me, updating me on what had been happening and what had happened and everything. And I remember being so, okay, this might sound horrible, but so excited and relieved. I hope you don't think that sounds horrible because it really just came up from a place of I really cared about Taylor as a person, like as my big brother, just, just as a person. And I... I did sit back and watch as I could realize, like, okay, he was not happy. He was not happy in this relationship. I was just so excited and happy that he had finally, like, taken the plunge to free himself from that. Like, again, not that it was all bad, but ultimately, it wasn't a healthy relationship. And part of it was probably selfish, too, because I was like, oh, my goodness, we can be friends again. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just so excited to to see him blossom back into who he was the tailor that i had gotten to know so when we got to know each other in rochester um his girlfriend was not along on that trip and i think that kind of just freed us up to actually become friends and get to know each other and so i was kind of able to more see if like okay this is taylor and it was early on in the mm -hmm. relationship um so things were just looked a lot differently and so i had gotten to know okay this is taylor and then I had kind of seen as he kind of morphed into just 
a very, just a very dulled tailor. So yeah, I got that email and I was, I was really excited and just, just ready to dive back into that friendship. I, it had been really hard for me just to separate from that and know like, okay, this, this friendship had, had meant a lot to both of us. And, and, and I knew that. Um, it had brought a lot of joy. I mean, mm -hmm. as we got to know each other and just do stuff together, I mean, there was just a lot of, of joy um, and a lot of happiness. And I was just so ready to like be able to be his friend again. And I will admit by that point, after we had just not talked to each other at all, I had come to realize when we weren't talking, just how much I did miss that friendship. And also that as that friendship had deepened, I kind of had like feelings that were deeper than just he's my big brother had started to form. And I just started to realize, okay, the tailor that I know, like I know is inside. He's a really great guy. And he is a really, really faithful young man and, and someone I just really looked up to and admired. And yeah, feelings for him started to sprout and I just <laughs> trampled them. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty safe to say for both of us yeah. that it was another springtime in the relationship. Which is interesting because we weren't really talking much. You know, things kind of, as things separated, I feel like we felt when something that was so great, like wonderful was given to us and then kind of taken away in a sense, we were able to fully realize the extent of the gift that we had been given. And I think that's true for a lot of things that we don't really realize the beauty of, of what God has given us until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And I think for both of us, we had recognized it very much so within the friendship, but there was like a new recognition. Yeah, a new depth. And so I was going off to college. I was going to K-State. And I remember the, uh, <laughs> the day I was leaving, I went to... 8 o'clock mass at St. Mark's, and Anna was there, and she handed me a letter that she had made and written for me, and in that letter, she had put... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, guys, I, this is oh, so this funny. Is hilarious. This is great. Okay, well, prior to this point, we had decided... Um, we wanted to continue our friendship. Again, Taylor's just getting ahead of himself. I'm He's sorry, just too man. excited. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone knows the end of the story, so it's kind of sad. But prior to this point, okay, over the summer, we had kind of, again, just seen each other in public public places and public events, a lot of Catholic events, events, and kind of gotten to, like, rekindle that friendship. Not that it had gone anywhere. We just jumped right back in, if we're being honest. Taylor, being fickle as he is, already started talking about seminary at this point to where my heart was breaking a little bit. I was just like, but I just got you back as my friend and now you're going to run off to the seminary. I think it should be pointed out <laughs> within this diocese, there's a lot of goodness in it, but there's also kind of a push that mm -hmm. if you are a young man who is Catholic, Catholic and you should go to the seminary, <laughs> wants to learn about the faith, it's kind of an instantly, oh, you should become a seminarian. And so, of course, in this kind of new springtime, I will kind of rediscovering myself and diving more into the faith. There was definitely a bit of that push of... Mm -hmm. Hey, seminary. Yeah. So he read this book and he's like, oh, this is so great. And it was like the first time I had gotten to see him in person. And so I'm, of course, so excited to see him. 
it was like an ad adoration event and then there was like a dance after so we just kind of talked and then he's talking about this seminarian book and I was like that's awesome <laughs> stopped it all uh, yeah seriously <laughs> like I just wanted to be your friend anyway and so prior to him leaving in August we had decided okay we'd like to continue this friendship he was not going into the seminary at this point, so I was still safe to be his friend. We chose to write letters to each other as our main form of communication. So I gave him his first letter as he was leaving. And in that letter, she also graced me. Because at this point, all of our communication had been emailing. In the past year-ish, she had finally gotten a cell phone. I think it was like a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was very much, nope, there is no texting, which Taylor didn't always follow the best. <laughs> I was just very much, I am very uh, strongly opinionated and stubborn. And so when I have an opinion on something, I'm pretty firm in my belief in it. Um, and once I've convinced myself of something, it's like, that's just how it is. And so for me, I didn't want our friendship to be based on just texting. I mean, you can send... Anything via text, it's very short, it can be impersonal, you can send all sort of mixed messages and just like, I didn't want that to be the main form of communication. And since I knew he was willing to really go to any <laughs> length and depth to still be friends, I was like, how about we just don't, we don't text, we keep it, email, emails are were longer, they're more like letters, electronic letters. So it's like, if you wanna talk, I really get to know each other. Let's try to keep our conversations more, more meaningful and just not, you know, a simple text that's just very random. So at one point I had given him my number or he had gotten it some... You gave it to me, I think. I think on a, a trip in high school or something. And so he did have it previously. And then when we kind of stopped talking while he was still dating. I told him, I was like, gotta delete my number. Like, <laughs> And I actually did. He actually did. Props. Props to Taylor. I, <laughs> yeah, I kind of was just like, I don't think it's good for us to continue this friendship right now. Please delete my number and don't talk to me, essentially. <laughs> and so he did. So at this point, he did not have my number. And so within this letter, what did I give you? You... Gave me your number again, which... It wasn't I my number, though. You I... gave a phone number, which was your family's home phone number. Mm -hmm. Because we also decided that maybe on occasion we could have a little, just like a phone conversation. So that, because at this point I was moving to Manhattan and she was staying here. She was in her senior year. So homeschool, but also doing some classes at Friends University. And so there was that distance, mm -hmm. um, but we still wanted to maintain this friendship and grow this friendship. And so we were, had decided, okay, we are going to write letters, but also to have just a little bit more of the just personal, not face-to-face, -face, but just that live communication, have the occasional phone call. Mm -hmm. So I... Um very generously gave him my family home phone number so that he couldn't text me, but we could still call each other once in a while. And this kind of opens uh, another, I don't know, can of worms. Like at this point, 
again, very open with my parents, very just kind of talk to them the whole time through this friendship because looking back and later to find out my parents were very much like, oh, Anna's friends with this guy. He's really nice. They share similar interests. They're probably going to like start liking each other and, uh, and everything. So they were very just on the lookout and kind of just looking out for me. Um, and also just wanted to make sure that I was being prudent in my decisions. And so we just had a lot of conversations and, I wanted to make sure that I didn't cross over any of my my parents' boundaries or rules that they had in place. And so like, I did discuss with them like, hey, what if we sent letters and did like phone calls once in a while just to kind of maintain this friendship because we'd like to. And so that was okay. Later to find out that my mom, my mom was like, this guy's never gonna take the time to write Anna letters. That's ridiculous. So of course that's fine. Um, do Sorry. not underestimate <laughs> the budding. I think yeah, at this point. I I think at this point and probably a little prior to, we were yeah. both coming to this realization that there were deeper feelings than a friendship. But I think, like Anna had said earlier, she just kind of stomped over them. Mm-hmm. I think we both were kind of like pushing that off, like yeah, yeah, no, that's not. Yeah. We both were thinking one. It was the focus was very much on just a friendship mm-hmm. through the whole throughout the whole thing. There was a recognition of ooh, there's other feelings, and definitely a conscious decision. Uh, no thanks, I don't want to complicate this with that. And very much of I'm gonna stuff those feelings. And then there was also the the there's no way Taylor could ever like me in that way. We're just friends. He's just like an older brother. I'm just an older sister to him. He really truly could never ever ever see me as something more than a friend and little sister yeah i it was very much the same for me as well it was a she has never shown any sort of feelings of that sort there's no way she's like this perfect girl i definitely had this like idea that she was this perfect person oh idea it's not reality i mean reality Wow, I now come to find out that he only thought I was this great girl. But I very vividly remember also just being like, we have this friendship again. There's Mm -hmm. no way I'm going to risk it to Mm -hmm. show any sort of feeling or attraction. And honestly, that was probably one of the uh, best decisions we made. One of, because there were a lot of decisions that were made and a lot of good decisions that were made. A lot of hard decisions. But I'd say a very kind of aided and guided by kind of my parents just kind of watching out for me, a very good decision. Um, neither of us at that point were ready for a relationship deeper than a friendship. And, and we honestly didn't really want one. There was definitely that recognition of, oh, there's something there. Let's forget about it and move on with this friendship. So yeah, he went off to college and first day there moving in, he writes me a letter. So sorry, mom, (laughs) you were a little bit wrong. And honestly, that became my highlight of my entire senior year was... Oh, for both of us. Just... Yeah. Um, Yeah, I remember the feeling of just mm -hmm. opening the little dorm mailbox and be like, oh, oh, that's not a ordinary looking envelope that's something special it was it was very very exciting um and it meant so much for both of us that we would be taking the time to handwrite letter and mind you these weren't just like single page letters (laughs) (laughs) looking back it was kind of very obvious we really liked each other 
But at the time, it was just like a way, the way to continue and grow our friendship. So we told about everything, you know, what was happening in college, what was happening back home. We talk about just everything under the sun, really. And right, I mean, it wasn't like 10 pages, but four, five, six, mm-hmm. I mean, just varied. And, and that was our main form of communication. And it was literally the best thing ever. I might have very frequently checked her mailbox. And yeah, I mean, we probably got a letter, what? I'd say like the longest gap of time was maybe like every other week. Okay. Yeah. Usually it was maybe once a week to every other week mm-hmm. there would be once a new a week, letter. Once two weeks, yeah. Because, I mean, you betcha I got a letter. I was going to respond like right away. <laughs> and vice um, versa. <laughs> Yeah, but that really was a true deepening of our friendship and going deeper into kind of a, a friendship of virtue. I mean, we talk about the faith or things that, or prayer or things even mm-hmm. that we're struggling with. And it was really supplement, supplemented by our phone calls. Yes. We didn't call every week, but it was kind of Sunday. It was on Sundays. I think we, yeah. I think we called yeah. every Sunday. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like they were always long conversations, no, but yeah. just... I mean, yeah, you guys are all probably laughing like, oh, you wrote letters and called each other and you guys didn't re- realize. Yeah, no, we were very much naively just in the friendship mm-hmm. mode. And, I mean, you might also be like, wow, they wrote letters and called each other. That sounds... Old-fashioned. Horrible and old-fashioned, but we loved it. Oh, yeah. Um, and I even, I took a couple communication classes <laughs> at K-State. And, oh, I just remember my teachers, they, because there were, I mean, it's a communications class. There were whole, like, chapters and sections on friendship and all the, like, communication. And my teachers just could not grasp that I had a friend that I still wrote letters to as, like, the main form of communication. It cracked me up. I loved it. It It was was a phenomenon. It was something I honestly prided myself in because... It just, people were like, no, what? No way. You like, you have a real life human that you're taking the time to write in cursive to? Yeah, he has really good handwriting, so it also made it nice. But, so yeah, so he left in August. Um, we we talked through letters and, and phone calls, called him on his birthday, and, and it was my 18th birthday. And so we we both have September birthdays. His is four days before mine. And he came back for a surprise birthday party that my family and friends kind of put together. And um, that was like one of the greatest feelings ever. <laughs> Just, yeah, it was a big surprise. And then to have him there and to know like that he had come home for that. And then later hearing from my friends just how excited he was and... I don't know. It was really sweet. Um, it meant a lot. And just the only damper on the evening was that once again, we talked about the seminary. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Which was definitely a, a ever kind of ever-present throughout that fall semester. Um, and something that we did talk about. Yeah, I started at K-State going into chemical engineering. It was cool. I mean, but there was definitely a lot that was just like, yeah, I don't see this as being my mm-hmm. lifetime thing. So, and we also have to bear in mind, I still was very much in that rediscovering myself mm-hmm. mode. And college is expensive. 
And on top of all of that, <laughs> I'm very much a person who likes to kind of be in control and know what's going on. And I think that has been a downfall for myself a number of times. So to get to this point, like in the middle of my semester, fall semester, first semester at K-State, being like, eh, I don't think chemical engineering's mm-hmm. for me. It kind of sent myself into another period of chaos and just a franticness of, oh shoot, I'm here in college. I don't think this major is for me. I thought I had my things figured out. Ducks in a row. All of a sudden, I'm just going to kind of add on to the statistics of <laughs> those people that changed their majors in college. Like, it was not something I, not something I wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so it kind of, it was a frantic little period for me of now what? And kind of having to step back, okay, what are the things that interest me? Well, we got like faith and music and writing and sports and, well... Not many of those sound like (laughs) very realistic careers. And so, of course, the faith was something that had always been present for me and something I always really cared about and really had a desire to grow in. And I think that it wasn't just this first time thinking about seminary. No, there had been inklings. The seminary had, for years and years, always kind of been in the back of my Mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. And so so it wasn't just... From out of nowhere. Yeah. So there was discussions on that. I think in November you went to a come and see. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a retreat at Conception Seminary yeah. um, in so Missouri. And I had known a number of the other Wichita mm-hmm. seminarians, so I got to see them and kind of hang out with them, but then also hang out with some people that were just like a year younger than me that I'd kind of been able to become friends with. Mm-hmm. And I will say, Conception Seminary is beautiful. It's in a beautiful location, beautiful area. So it was a really beautiful experience for me. I kind of lit the fire of, okay, this is yeah, this is happening. Was... And I actually, the last day of that retreat, went to the Wichita Diocese uh, Vocations Director and was like, all right, what do I need to do to start the process? Yeah, so I actually accidentally called him while he was there. Um on this retreat, forgetting that he was, I didn't know how long it was. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure he didn't forget about me. (laughs) (laughs) No. So that was kind of ever-present throughout that semester as well. So kind of this growing friendship, and then also this, he, you know, kind of also watching him realize, okay, I don't think chemical engineering is what I want. I really am interested in seminary and and things like that, and I kind of felt... (laughs) stuck there as well um wanting to encourage like I wanted to encourage him in that and I did you know I was excited wanted to listen um wanted to see you know where where his heart was being led and and kind of just pray for him and and hope that he was able to find you know where he was supposed to go or what he was supposed to do but there was a little bit of a sadness knowing I just knew deep down that if Taylor discerned to you know, go to the seminary and and discern becoming a a priest, that I couldn't continue just this friendship, writing letters and calling him and stuff as if nothing were different. When I came to realize that I couldn't do that when he was dating, you know, dating is to discern one vocation, going to the seminary is to discern another. So I don't think it wise to kind of hold on to past friendships or girlfriends or whatever it is and and try to 
keep up with both. Um, the Lord, if the Lord is calling you to discern the priesthood, he wants you to be all in. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, he's calling you to just discern that and not a girl on the side. Um, so I knew I just, I knew that friendship couldn't lead into the seminary that we'd still be friends, but like not act upon that friendship. We wouldn't continue communicating. And so there was a part of me kind of knowing that, that that was disappointed. And I remember when he did call me and tell me that he'd started the application process. I think I was a little shocked and also just a little disappointed and not very good in that moment of hiding it. Yeah, no, I very vividly remember that. <laughs> and I don't call. remember this. <laughs> she claims she does not remember it, but yeah, I was back at K-State and I told her that I had started the application process and there was just a pause and then a very forced response of just being excited for me and it kind of came as a shock to me and kind of in a sense opened my eyes to in a new light it was just I kind of remember in that moment being like oh no what did I just do <laughs> <laughs> well and I don't remember I, I remember him telling me but I don't remember how he responded but apparently not very well and, and I can see how it would be kind of shocking my response then because prior to this all the way to this point I had been encouraging you know just like backing him up, just kind of being there, kind of moral support, kind of a, you know, I could tell he was, it was something he was excited about and passionate about and something he just, you know, really loved the faith and really wanted to grow in it. And so, of course, it was something that, I mean, how could I not be happy for him, you know, being interested in that? But I think when it just finally came to the point of realizing, okay, all right, <laughs> this is happening, it was a little bit of a... Okay, it's fine. I guess we just weren't meant to be friends for very long. And, you know, it didn't take long to just kind of, okay, don't be selfish and don't, you know, and just look at the past several months and the gift that has been given to you. And also just to realize that we were instrumental in each other's lives and, and in a sense kind of like turning it our lives in a different direction that was better for each of us. Yeah, so that was... It kind of all started over the winter break of after my first mm -hmm. semester in college. So I went, I decided to go ahead and go back to K-State um, because I would, through the application process, and then I would enter the seminary that following mm -hmm. fall. And so I just took a semester of a much lighter load. They weren't chemical engineering related, just kind of general. I mean, there was like a Spanish class and geography, another communications class, just general things that I thought would be helpful. And it was honest, there was a lot of growth in that semester for me. I was able to, we had the focus missionaries at K-State and they would do a little daily holy hour for themselves. And my schedule permitted that I would be able to make that daily holy hour every day. And I did, which, and it was beautiful. I had in the fall started a little Bible study with a group of friends, and so I continued running that. There was, there was a lot of fruit for myself in that semester. There was a lot of deepening of the faith and growing of the faith, and I was just kind of seeing the faith in an, a new and deeper relationship with God, and there was, there was a lot of beauty with that. And, and our friendship was also growing still. Yes. Not for long, though. <laughs> it was kind of over that 
Christmas break. Yes, over Christmas break when he was home. And he had for sure was progressing with the application process. So I was like, hey, we should talk. And when we talked, we had several talks. We would talk at our up at our parish, so either inside the church or go for a walk in the cemetery. But in this instance, we did a walk through the cemetery, and I kind of just was like, at this point, there have been several kind of boundary changes in a sense of, okay, you can write letters and phone calls, or to then, okay, you can only write a letter like once a month, to then, oh, you know, just a very random, like not random, but my parents just didn't know how to... I had opened up to them about the fact that like, okay, I think I like him more than just a friend, but that's not something that we've expressed at all. I don't think he shares those feelings. And so my parents were just very conscious of that and really wanted to help me protect my heart. Um, and knowing that he was headed towards a seminary, um, wanted to help protect my heart even more so because it was not something I was free to give. You know, I think a lot of people like from friends and people who knew about these boundary changes, I got a lot of I got a lot of criticism from friends. They were like, it doesn't matter, like just do your own thing or what does it matter if you write letters or and I just I just knew that my parents were trying to do do what was best for both of us. I mean and my mom I mean my mom would admit, like, I don't know what like I don't know what to do. Like she knew that he was a really good guy and that our friendship was something that had brought a lot of joy and that it was something that was very good but sometimes it's time to let good things go. And so I kind of, at this point, whenever I had requested a boundary change, Taylor being Taylor, just the very sweet man he was, would just say, okay, whatever we gotta do to keep this friendship, I'll do whatever it is. So when I said, okay, we can't call anymore, you know, you, we wouldn't call, he was like, okay. And he would never question why, um, which if it was me, I definitely would, but, so I didn't ever have to admit, hey, I kind of like you and I probably shouldn't, so we just need to not do this or do that. But it came to the point where I just felt like I owed an, an explanation, especially with the seminary. In the picture, there had kind of been, I think, a little bit more changes recently and with just like, okay, now we can't really talk much at all. And so I just felt like I owed him an explanation of why that was. So we went on a walk and I was just basically very calmly and coolly and subtly just like, hey, so um, by the way, I really did look up to you as my big brother. Um, that meant a lot to me. But at some point I kind of realized that you meant more than to me than just a big brother. And I had, I realized, oh, this guy's really awesome. And that our, our growing friendship had kind of um, watered the seed of just kind of, I don't know that I call love, but just liking him more, more than just a friend. She says she was calm and cool. <laughs> Basically, what? So, pretty much everything she said, but also just kind of, it was more from Taylor's point of view, she was kind of <laughs> like, well, I kind of came to this point where I, um, realized that I had feelings for you and kind of liked you, blah, 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 blah. I don't think she stopped talking for the rest of the walk because she did not. I was so, so, so adamant that like, okay, I'm going to tell him I am not going to let him respond. I don't, I know he doesn't like me and I don't want him to feel like he needs to try to justify not having feelings or try to say that he does when he doesn't, or I just don't want to know. It's not going to be helpful. 
I don't want him to put him in an awkward spot of feeling like he has to say something or respond. See, I was just being nice, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so um, I didn't stop talking. I said it, and then I would jump to a completely different subject without stopping for breath. And I did not give him an inch to process what I said or to respond. Which was my goal, and I was very proud of myself. I said it, and I got on to something else. I think we talked about Christmas traditions and Three Wise Men and stuff like that on this walk as well. But basically just kind of told him, like, hey, I kind of have these feelings. You're off to seminary, so that's why we just need to really take a step back and, like, talk to each other a lot less. So I was, I was trying to be sneaky and smooth and just get it out there honestly probably just to make myself feel better but you know he made me a christmas card and yes. made wrote a card me a christmas letter put a nice letter in it and of course since i didn't get my chance to have my say <laughs> i kind of snuck it into that letter that yeah i kind of had feelings for you for no. a while as well all you said was man we should have gotten these out to quote them <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he just told me, like, at points I've wondered if there couldn't be more between us. So it wasn't, yeah, I have feelings for you. It was just a very vague, I've wondered if maybe this couldn't go deeper. <laughs> but I know right now I'm supposed to go to the seminary. And that's that was kind of in the case. And um, so it wasn't like a confirmation of, yeah, I like you too. It was just like, okay, you've kind of thought about this too, I guess. But... Very just, but I'm going to seminary, so this is good. So that kind of left that there, and and we did continue with friendship, but it was just with lesser amounts of communication. But I just, you know, you can't once feelings start, you just can't stop them, can't amputate them. And he knew, you know, now he knew, um, and whether that was a wise decision, I don't know. But as time went on, I just realized, okay, like, this is a reality. He's going to the seminary. I need to just separate myself from this friendship. Mainly recognizing that he was starting to take up a large part of my life in a different way because we didn't see each other all the time, right? And thoughts and prayers and that I just needed to refocus my attention on my own relationship with God that I, I needed to make sure he was first and foremost and that he was the king of my heart before I let anyone else touch my heart. And Taylor came home pretty frequently from K-State. It's not that far away. He would drive home Thursday nights, kill himself to get home because he knew Miss Anna Hermes would be at mass the next morning. She's not wrong. <laughs> I had a Thursday evening class and then I would drive home because I didn't have class on Friday. Yeah, I always knew there'd be a good chance that she would be there. And since, I mean, we were really great friends at this point. Yeah. Didn't see each it was, other very well. It was friendship of virtue. I mean, it was, it really was. Very strongly so. But there was definitely also, especially now that she had all of a sudden for the first time voiced that, oh, there are some feelings in there. There was definitely a, a growing, okay, there are, there are feelings for sure. Those feelings that I'd always kind of pushed off of. Yeah. There's not not a chance. Well, you know, his head space or his brain exploded with, oh my gosh, she likes me. Don't deny it. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> so yeah, while he was very much gung-ho and very excited about the seminary, it was just kind of this 
conflict of interest almost. And I definitely was a thorn in his side and I wasn't making things easy for him, which was not my goal. <laughs> it was so difficult because that was what I was trying to avoid. But he would, he would come home pretty frequently and, and I'd see him at mass on Fridays and then we'd have random, just see each other once in a while. And it wasn't, he didn't come home on the weekends just to see me on Friday mornings. I don't think. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it was there just, were other commitments yeah. that I'd be coming home for yeah. or just to be with the family. Cause I tried to, I always tried to come home pretty frequently to still be with family. Because family was definitely a big thing. And so getting that time as well was very important. But that was always an extra little cherry on top that mm -hmm. got to see Anna on. <laughs> so I just kind of realized, okay, it came to a point in March that I realized I think it's time to kind of just go our separate ways and kind of just stop all communication. So a weekend... I don't know if it was end of February or beginning of March. Like beginning of March. Uh, Taylor was home and we saw each other at a dance and hung out there and got a dance or two in, you know. And then like we sang at mass together and, you know, we're goofing off at rehearsal beforehand and created a duet because I was, I think I was playing for the mass and he was singing. So I'd play piano, but, you know, we came up with a concerto and... We just were at that point of just, we really enjoyed being with each other. Um, we really enjoyed all sorts of stuff. <laughs> just, we just, we were, yeah. It was a really, really good friendship. And I realized after that weekend, I was like, okay, this has got to stop. <laughs> this has got to stop because each time I hung out with him, it was just more and more solidifying that I liked him. And so I decided, oh, what should I do? I should send him a letter and tell him I'm not talking to him anymore. So I did. I wrote him a nice long letter. She says nice. It was, <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. It was nicely written, but very painful. It was not mean. It was, it was just very no, true no, no, no. and yeah. honest. Yes. Um, I went, I did. I, go, I went up to the our church and I, <laughs> I prayed a rosary with my dad and my little sister actually. And then they left me there and I wrote this letter. Because I just really, I, I knew I needed guidance and help with the Holy Spirit and, and everything. Because I didn't want to hurt him, but I just knew it was best to just kind of shut the door on this. So I did. I wrote him a letter basically saying, this friendship has meant a lot. But as you move forward towards the seminary, you can't have one foot in there and one foot in this friendship. And it's time to just go our separate ways. And, uh, you know, at this point, I had decided to go to Benedictine College and you know, just for two very separate ways. And just basically like, I need to make sure God is front and center and that he's got full control of my heart. Um, and right now these feelings that I admitted to previously, they haven't disappeared. And so this is goodbye. Don't, don't write to, don't write back to this letter. Don't call me. Don't, don't talk to me. Like basically see ya. And I, I didn't want to give him a chance. I get, I don't know. Probably not the kindest way to go about it. And then I, I sent it. I sent him a letter. Guys, I don't recommend. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, just literally like three or four days prior, before that weekend, I had received a nice letter in the mail up at K-State. 
And so I get back from that weekend, and a few days later, all of a sudden, there's another letter. I'm like, oh, this is a nice surprise after I mean, a nice weekend. Yeah, the weekend was really A very good. Fruit, yeah. fruitful still. Mm-hmm. Not fruit that we could reap at that time, but just very fruitful, a good time together. And so, of course, I'm, like, happy about that. And then I come back and get another letter. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You on top of the world. And then I opened it and started to read it, and it's like... Oh, it was. Did you cry, Taylor? I did not cry at that time. That's good. There were my dorm room up at K State was kind of a gathering space for a group of people most evenings because we had gotten to be really good friends with the RA, and so it just there were always a lot of like a handful of people, not because we were like partying or anything. Just my roommate had his like PlayStation or Xbox, one of them. Mm-hmm. And so they would always either be like watching movies or like playing games with a bunch of people. And there were a group of people in there when I got the letter and I just like everything else just kind of went dark and silent. And it was just kind of very much just present and just feeling a loss. I mean, we'd be, the friendship meant so much to both of us mm-hmm. at that point. It really did kind of feel like I was losing a half of myself. But But truly, though, we were each other's best friends. We had never experienced a friendship this good, this joyful, and this just pure. Um, We really, really were just looking out for each other, really genuinely cared about each other and how we were doing, and just prayed for each other every day. That was our relationship, just a lot of prayer and just a lot of just sharing what was going on in life and struggles. And so, yeah, it was a loss, and it was really hard. But Taylor being Taylor couldn't take... He couldn't just, you know, Like, listen. how do you just get a letter and... And then just drop it, right? So he emails me. He goes, hey, can we talk while I'm at home for spring break? Because it was right before spring break. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess I owe it to him to say his piece, I guess. Like, that probably wasn't the kindest thing to do. Just send him a letter and... Funny aside, I was with his parents at the at the moment when I got that email. They had taken me to a little conference, weekend conference, and they were like chaperones. So I had ridden with them and just chatted with them and stuff. And I was like, they have no idea. I mean, they really had no idea. Um, really a lot about, mostly about our friendship in general. Um, I just really had no idea any of this was happening. And I was like, okay, I'll let them talk to me. They came home, and again, we talked went to mass. I was with my family and then, you know, he would be somewhere behind us. And so he knew when I was there and I didn't know when he was there. That was just, I would definitely watch a communion. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh, man. young love, what are you going to do? And so we talked afterwards. We talked for a while. Out in the cemetery again? No. Oh, in the no, we started time. in the church. We yeah. had too many talks to keep track of. <laughs> If we've lost you at this point, I'm really sorry. It's so long. And he basically... Well, let's see. He said... (laughs) He's over here dying. (laughs) I wish you could see him. He told me he was listening to a talk at a retreat. And they were talking about how a lot of times we... when Who we're really searching for is God, but we kind of like get distracted by all sorts of other things so we instead of running to god we run to things or people relationships or addictions or just 
all sorts of things. And so he kind of was just like, you know, I realized that, you know, I had kind of gone all over on my path and in this relationship or in this thing or, you know, up at school or whatever. And all along, I just finally realized that, like, who I was looking for was here all along. <sighs> it was like... I was definitely very prone to say things I probably shouldn't have at all the time. The time. She all did the it time. too as well, no, but no. I did it a lot. Horribly. <laughs> so basically, he just confesses like, I mean, I don't know. Basically just like, yeah, I really like you. And all this time realized like I was blind to the fact that you're the one I wanted and you're here and you have been the whole time. And I'm like, dude, you're going to the seminary. And this is our conversation to say bye, not talking to you again. And that's what he tells me. <laughs> and he I mean, he does. He, like, he talks about he's liked me for a long time and all this jazz. And I was like, this was not helpful. <laughs> but it was a really good conversation it was, still. Yeah. There was a lot to finally clear the air and just be like, okay, let's just be honest and upfront. Was Which it the I, most prudent? I think that was always something with about our friendship was yeah. that we were very honest very with each so. other and very open just not about our feelings <laughs> except for that <laughs> and so we finally took that time to kind of be honest and upfront and there was a lot while there was in a sense joy that came from this conversation there was also a lot of pain within it mm -hmm. of just knowing like regardless at the end of that day at the end of that conversation we were walking away very grateful for this friendship, but also leaving it behind. So Taylor took the liberty to kind of say some things that he hadn't said previously. Should he have said them then? Maybe. But it definitely was selfishly comforting to know that I wasn't alone in, I, in the There was a I lot had. of good in that conversation, but at least from my standpoint, I think there were also things done out of a selfish since I never really had the opportunity to get to voice these things, I did want to be able to put in my say and not just leave her hanging of there wasn't ever anything there. Mm -hmm. Might have been more helpful in my end, but and it is. I don't know. I think it made things a little bit more confusing. Mm -hmm. But we, we did. We walked away and we said, when we see, if we see each other in a public place, we can kind of say hi and, and kind of see how we're doing and catch up. But otherwise, there will be no phone calls. There will be no letters. There will be no no texting. No, no emails. No, nothing. And there was a peace about that decision, mm -hmm. um, for sure. Peace kind of prevailed in all of this decisions and boundary changes and things that we said um, and changed. And there was just a very strong sense of peace throughout the relationship or friendship, whatever. And so we proceeded to whenever we did see each other kind of just say hi I did tell him I said this does not mean you cannot come to my graduation party said, you still have to come <laughs> there's not an option <laughs> you are my best friend you still have to be there and so May came around um Taylor was also going to be a totus tuus camp counselor so I knew he'd be gone all summer so like there wasn't a, a danger of like seeing him all summer long and then he would leave for seminary and I'd leave for college so we knew it wouldn't be hard like there wouldn't be all the, these times where we'd be bumping into each other. It wasn't going to happen. But there were two weeks that he was home in May before, like, when I graduated and then before he left for camp. And those two weeks, we saw each other a, a lot. lot. <laughs> it was 
It was bizarre. It was beautiful. And we were not we were not purposely like no, making yeah, dates or anything. No. It was just yeah, he did come to my graduation and my graduation party and we got to um just talk and hang out with other people there. Um we got asked Which, to there was also one of her cousins that just innocently asked if we were like dating or something. We were like, dude, he's going to this seminary. This is public knowledge. Like, but come it was on. also very painful. Of like, oh, <laughs> you don't understand. Like, we pretty much, yeah, have yeah. sacrificed this friendship. There was my little sister had a birthday party, and she was kind of friends with Taylor's youngest brother, and. We were just trying to get a bunch of people together, guys and girls, and just do like outside games and have food and just hang out. And so Taylor and his brother got invited. So we did that and got to hang out then. And um, that actually- Bear in mind, all of Anna's friends were still- (laughs) And family. And family were- siblings, right? Hardcore still on board that we were going to date. And so all the games, if there were like team aspects of it, Anna and I just happened to always be on the same team. So one of the games was sardines in the dark outside. Don't worry, it's not going to go any better. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, it sounds bad. No, my family's fine and the people invited were great. But of course, Taylor and I got put on the same team and it was our turn to hide there was kind of this frantic, oh my goodness, where do we hide? And then kind of stretch the boundaries a little bit of where to hide because, I don't know, it wasn't a, there wasn't a motive behind it. But we hid in, we have pine trees around my entire yard, like a, just a row of pine trees. We have a five acre yard and so it's pretty big. And so we went and hid underneath inside like this line of pine trees. And we're sitting there in the dark waiting, you know, being quiet. And they were like, okay, no one's finding us. We start talking. And it basically, Taylor just flat out asked me, like, am I doing the wrong thing? Like, should I even be going to seminary? Basically, should I just not date you instead? Was what he was asking. It was also instigated, (laughs) though, by other things Anna was saying that was not making things easy as Mm -hmm. well. Right, no, I was innocent as a rose. Not at all. She's over here. Talking about conversations she had had with her mother (laughs) and how her mother was just explaining that at this point it looks like I'm not sure you're going to ever give another guy a chance like you would Taylor. And I'm over here like, uh, that's, (laughs) you should not be telling me stuff like this. I basically did tell him, I was like, it's going to be hard to like have this type of friendship with another guy because this has been like so amazing. Basically, like, I've held you up on this, like, pedestal, and rightly so. This has been so beautiful, so great, such a gift. I don't know that I'm ever going to find this with, with another guy. And I, again, naive, maybe some immaturity, maybe just some confusion, maybe just some selfishness, maybe just some... I'm just very upfront and honest and very just speak my mind, and so I did. And so he asked me... I doing the wrong thing? And I, honestly, I could have told him, yeah. And he probably would have just taken that and ran with it. I think he was, I think we were both just confused mm-hmm. and not sure what path to take. And at this point, he just felt torn. And I just sat there and thought, and I knew I couldn't tell him 
I knew I couldn't tell him, no, don't go. I don't want you to go. So I didn't. I was a good girl. I told him, you have to go. Like, this is what God's calling you to do, and this is good. And I told him, like, you can't have, you can't do this one foot in that door and one foot in this door. But there were just other times we saw each other in that two-week span and culminated <laughs> with the ordinations that summer up for the diocese and seeing Taylor for the first time with the seminarians in his seminarian garb and just kind of being like, okay, this is real. Like, this is real and this is, this is the end. And that was hard. That was hard. So we talked one last time. I think this is kind of wrapping it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked one last time before he left for camp, right? Yeah. Before he left for camp and just was like, okay, no communication at all. None. Not even when we see each other. Because we knew, you know, there would probably be other points in the summer before I left for college that we'd see each other. And we just said, let's see where the Lord takes us. We're going two separate paths and we just need to go our separate ways. And at the end of this year, so in nine months, ten months, eleven months, however many months, when you're finished with your first year of seminary and I'm finished with my freshman year of college we can like kind of just meet up again and and see how we're doing and I said if you're going for a second year seminary like I think that's kind of solidifies that you know that's what you're being called to for now and and solidifies our agreement not to be friends I was like I joked and I was like or you know if I'm engaged and getting married then (laughs) I think I kind of freaked him out but I was like you know just see where our paths are have taken us and that's where we left it. And that's where we're going to leave it here. Mm-hmm. And don't worry. As you will see, I was a good seminarian for a while. <laughs> I did not Girl. I did no, not go good. into the seminary one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, no. I Going into the summer and going into my summer of being a counselor and then into the seminary, I truly did go all in with it. And with just trying to follow where God was calling me. Mm-hmm. So don't be like, oh my goodness, Taylor, what the no, heck? He really did put himself completely into, I mean, he really devoted himself to discerning if, if seminary was supposed where he was supposed to be. And I there really... There was just a lot of confusion yeah. going into it prior to. Yeah. And I think just once we were able to separate ourselves, as we'll talk about in the next episode, there was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of just, it was really difficult. And a lot of actually... Unrest. Yes, um, yeah. But we really, As, really threw ourselves into me being in college and him being in the seminary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we had said, there was a lot of peace and decisions made prior. But throughout this next stage, I think there was there was peace in ways, but there was also an unrest and kind of a lack of peace. Mm-hmm. But in a, lar- in a big way for me that I didn't tell taylor about for a long time but that will be next for next episode yes so i guess we can just introduce next episode we're just gonna take part two if you've made it this far into part one because that definitely ended up being a lot longer than we were hoping much much longer definitely (laughs) um it's just so hard to not talking about our story something we're passionate about and really enjoy doing there's just so much i mean we even left out quite a bit yes quite a lot So it's just a thank you if you've made it this far. And if you're brave enough, in two weeks, our episode will be on part two, which will really focus just on our 
separate lives and the suffering, uh, just a, a, a season of suffering and, and kind of just touch on suffering itself. So with that, if any of you are still there, let us be joined in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord, our King, and our God, what a gift friendship is in our lives. Help us to be grateful for those friendships that we do have, those which mean the world to us, but much more so. Let there always be a growing fruit in the friendship that we have with you in a very unique and special way. Continue to foster that within us, for it is by your grace that that friendship grows. We ask this in all things, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will see you all next time. God bless.